Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. I'm Butch. I'm Jody Paul. Welcome to episode 147. On this episode, we have been to the cinema to watch Night Swim. Our something to scream about is the awards horrors that Jordy Paul's picked, and we're going to go for our worst and best times of 2023. And our movie from the vault is 1986, The Vamp. And not only that, we've got a special guest on our podcast today. This is the writer and director of the movie The Group, Will Hygo. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I was a little catchphrase then, but a cow with nothing. So you've literally got this as my catchphrase from now on. A long-winded sentence. You are part of our group at the moment. Oh, very good. And you might you might recognise Will's voice from episode 112, I believe it was, where we reviewed the four and a movie from the vault was Ringo, and we had you on a special interview special with Paul. Indeed, yes, some very controversial opinions on Ringo. Ringo, oh. ring the ring. I don't uh, even know if oh, we pronounce. <laughs> I don't know if we're pronouncing Ringo like right, you know, because it's well it's Japanese. But I'm not even going to try and do the accent because that would not be cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's not get cancelled, Will, please. <laughs> let's not get, let's not get cancelled. But I did do, uh, the right opinions there. Everybody was like, it's a bit dated, good old ring. I was like, how dare you? And then I watched it a week later and was like, yeah, they might, might, might have gone to something there. <laughs> you only get complete honesty and bullshit from us. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, there was loads of buzz about your interview. It was um, really, one of the really popular um, episodes of that year, to be honest. Um, so you must have done some hard pimping. Um, but there were some absolutely stunning opinions and it was a great conversation. Like everyone I spoke to on that one it was just like one of the most articulate um conversations I think we've ever had it was brilliant <laughs> so yeah really it's more like a conf- more like confessional I feel <laughs> just me being like I haven't really spoke to anyone in a long time Paul I haven't really had many people to talk to about this <laughs> you should not. and you got to speak to us you poor man <laughs> <laughs> oh cool so what's um what's everyone been up to then it's the last couple of weeks any <laughs> been been busy well, I've I've watched some movies. Woo! Finally, obviously, Ooh. um, but we went and saw Poor Things. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I mean, yeah. I mean, I know you gave it a ten, and I was like, I gave it a, like what a nine or whatever, and I don't know why. I don't know where why I let it drop a mark. I I think it was just it was stunning movie making. Really enjoyed it. And but I have seen some funny 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 memes of comparisons to frankenhooker so i know yeah i saw this i think <laughs> seen those as well and that, that's one movie i've still got i think to watch i still haven't watched it i remember the posters when i was a kid in the in the video shop and stuff but literally yeah i've seen those as well which is quite weird well it's gonna the, the poor things is gonna clean up and it it's already done done well at the golden globes and i can see it doing an oscar or or two Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You caught it. If you caught it, yet, will. Monday. I was meant to go Monday, but my wife oh. wants to see it, so I've had to wait till next week now. So, so you split in. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I'm quite a big fan of um, was it Yorg- Yorgos Lanthimos? I've really yeah. slaughtered yeah. his name probably. <laughs> but I always find. I mean, what was it? I remember going to the cinema to see Killing of a Sacred Deer, <sighs> which is fucking amazing film. I remember yeah. watching it. I mean, his films are, are quite weird in the sense that you can't ever imagine signing on to them by reading a script. 
because I can't <laughs> imagine like the some of the stuff in Killing of a Sacred Deer where everybody basically delivers their lines if they're reading stereo instructions. It's such a such a specific tone that selling that in, you know, when he does the monologue about like jerking off his dad, yeah, like Colin Farrell. Do you remember when they tried to sell him as like a proper Tom next Tom Cruise? It never really stuck, and then he got older, and everybody's like, oh yeah, actually quite a good quite a good actor, really. It's but, quite interesting yeah. that you mentioned Killing of a Sacred Deer because that's obviously come back to the the light at the moment with Barry Keegan in uh, Salt in uh, Saltburn. So that's one I'm hopefully a lot of people start get to see because that was really that good. Film, I started watching and it was I missed the first twenty minutes and I thought ah, I I might be able to pick this up and I spent fifteen minutes just going no turn this off <laughs> you really need to watch this from the start Paul <laughs> I have no idea what's happening <laughs> so I was like yeah. But, uh, oh, cool. So poor things. I watched a film that you recommended actually, uh, Project Wolf Hunting. It was interesting. Lots, um, lots and lots of blood and gore. If, yeah. if you like that sort of thing, that was pretty crazy. That was on Amazon Prime, I believe. Yeah. And then I finally got round to watching Lola. That was uh, at Fright oh. Fest. That I think you've seen, Paul. Yeah. Absolutely. Twenty twenty two. It was on the year. That's yeah, right. we were that was the same year. And then we missed it for something, and I can't remember what we went to see. I but can't remember. We, but we probably went to see fucking pussy cake or something, did we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I can't believe I missed this one. I'm, I'm yeah, because like I remember reading the synopsis when we went, and it did really kind of make me interested. But um, I've, it blew me away. I thought it was absolutely yeah. fantastic. Oh, cool. What's so it on? Uh, it's actually on uh, criteria. Is it no BFI? Uh, I did the trial for seven days just to get a couple of things in there. So I watched that and I watched another movie. It wasn't horror. It was called Scrapper. That was quite good. A uh, little indie uh, film from Britain. So, yeah, I was thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Oh, nice. The way they used the the kind of budget and stuff. Like, just it's, it's amazing how they got it all in there. I, I don't know how they did it on such a low budget. It's just really clever. Almost like a, a low budget Iron Sky. I like to think. God, <laughs> no, <laughs> a low budget Iron Sky. Holy yeah, shit. <laughs> it's made out of paper. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, and then the, the the last thing I watched was um Society of the Snow, which was yeah. on Netflix. That was devastating. I actually. Because I, I, I knew it was alive and stuff like that. Yeah. And I and I didn't expect to have the same reaction, but I mean, it broke me. It was, it, yeah. it was really, really devastatingly. I, I funnily enough, I've not actually seen alive. Like, so, not. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty glad I watched this though, because apparently this is more tr- true to the kind of actual. Because there's been a book written since alive, right. so it's more kind of from the, the the what happened in the book and stuff like that. And I think there's only like two of the survivors that are left now i think oh wow okay so they've got a lot of input from him and i, f- I heard as well they fucking shot it in the same place where the crash was Fuck. like some of it and i was like whoa that's it's freaky. A bit. that's that's some freaky filmmaking yeah but yeah <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed that so i've been i've been quite on it wow i'm quite i'm, been, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing sight of this now yeah, it is. Yeah. Did Dude, you leave the people. leave the front door open? Did you just to get a bit of a real cold <laughs> air through? Do that. It's bloody cold enough. I ain't switched the heating <laughs> on. I have. Nobody's looking at Butch going, "Oh, you got a big turkey leg. Might might bite a bit of you." 
Yeah, that, that's that, that's the question, isn't it? Who would you eat first? Butch. Who's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, the most edible <laughs> member of Draw One Last Breath? Butch has got less hair. You yeah. couldn't eat me, you'd be picking the hair out of your teeth all day at night. <laughs> Matt, Matt's, Matt's got no meat, <laughs> like a toothpick. Uh, <laughs> I watched a couple of bits. Um, I caught um, Skinnerink finally. Woohoo! It on, t- took me three. I broke it down into I broke it down to about four bits because it was like it was it was doing my head in. But also, I saw, uh, the more I watched it, and the more I sort of watched parts of it, I just got lost in it. Like it was just hypnotic in the way that it's done. I, I'm not sure if it's brilliant or or shit yet. I can't really digest. But in fact, it affected me big time, and that's all I can take away from it. That it just like it it really and drew me in. And there's some bits in it. I just, I, I end up feeling so sad for those little for the kids uh, and i think you do get lost because you don't see because it's done almost through their eyes you don't really get to see them so it, it was just i don't understand the hate from it i don't but then there's a lot of weird people out there but i don't know i kind of yeah it's obviously a marmite film yeah they're going to get on with it or you're not and it's the weird shot from that the kids level or below the kids level and it, yeah. it's it, it is like watching a bit of a dream or a nightmare like it's oh, like shit. inside your own head all blurry all a bit like what's going on but I don't the bit in the bedroom, Paul, did that not just completely freak you out? Without spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's because I have children that, that if I'd have watched that ten years ago, the would it have affected me the way it did? I just I don't know. It just really freaked me out and unnerved me. So I'm glad someone else has seen it. <laughs> I mean I, I <laughs> saw it when it was when it came out. And the thing from I mean I didn't get on with it like you, it took a it took me a while to get through it. But it's sort of, um, it's kind of feels like a cinema film where you need to be sort of forced into a room basically to watch it. No phone, no distractions, just to kind of like bathe in it. If you've gotten out, it's like I saw Killers of the Flower Moon a couple of months ago. And I was like, if I watch this at home, three and a half hours, if I watch this at home, I'd have been on my, you know, they checked my phone, checked my emails, I'd have pieced out, I'd have to go sort the kids out. You wouldn't have like taking it in you'd have been in and out and probably not connected with it and i think the same is true of you know i'm I'm interested to see the outwaters which is the one that they is came out <laughs> Good Lord. no is it we do we I've seen that. Yeah. That one? do you know what that's you can watch that will on youtube Ooh. Uh, like perfect quality what? on youtube um and it's shit so don't bother <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got their own opinion. So. Yeah, I know, I know. No, it's, um, it's, the trailer was amazing for it, but it just didn't for me. It just, nah. Anyway. Uh, I watched, um, also watched The Lodge, which I've been meaning to for a while, which is one of the chaps from um, uh, It in it. Um, and yeah, I, I like, quite like this one. It was sort of, I don't know, it had some like twists and turns and stuff like that, and things that I didn't like sort of predict. So it wasn't too bad. It was quite isolating. Um yeah, not bad. Not a bad little watch, that one. That's now all, all these movies set in the cold at the moment. Yeah, maybe that's why. I'm just doing that. And <laughs> the cold you movie. still that's haven't read, watched Red Dot yet, have you? You should watch Red Dot. <laughs> but that's, 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 that's me. Geordie Paul, what are you, what are you doing? Not a ton. And I think I've ruined a potential uh, pick for the future pod. So, because um, I was thinking, hmm, but anyway. Uh, so, I'll start off with a, not really a horror film, but it's got elements in. Uh, I watched the original Rollerball. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that. Is that James Kahn? Yep. 
James okay. Cameron. Yeah. I actually, I, do you know what? I've seen it when I was younger, but I forgot. I, I quite enjoyed it, to be honest. Um, bit of social commentary on there, and it's a bit like where else. But uh, no, I thought it was really good. Um, so definitely worth a watch. Um, I finally watched this. I, I, it's one of them films I was saying I'd want to watch it, but I, I don't really want to watch it, but I sort of finally did it. Uh, I watched Stakelander 2. <laughs> Stakelander. Is that what it's called? Okay. Stakelander? Yeah. I, I can't. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of love for the first Stakelander. I, yeah. I, yeah you, you, you recommended it to, it to me, and I thought, I thought it was great. Yeah. I, for such an indie film, I just thought it was like ballsy and it was really well done. And that's some really cool ideas. The second one's just a bit. It's just it shouldn't have been made. <laughs> it's it's perfectly entertaining, but like just just yeah, just not great. The quality's terrible, and the story's just pop. So, um, and then last, this is the one I sort of this could have been a pick for the pod to be honest, but and it still could because it's just me that watched it. But I watched Stigmata. Oh, that's fucking classic. Sure have you seen Stigmata? No, it's not the first time I've seen oh. it. But it's the first time I've seen it for a while. I mean, you're right. Um, Complete, like, I fucking haven't thought about that movie in ages. So I think I got it on DVD. We went to the yeah. cinema to watch that, Butch. Yeah, Patricia Arquette. Fucking yeah. Ace. And I, I, I kind of just was like, I haven't seen this for so long. And then I was, as I was watching, it, I thought, geez, you probably should have done this for a pick. Um, but yeah, no, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I quite like the sort of um, the sort of central theme around it of like the the whole kingdom of God is around you type of thing and the whole church conspiracy stuff. So it was really good. And the, the bit where she's like talking, the, the deep voice, you know. That, I thought that was really well done and quite freaky. Mm. But yeah, no. So that that was me. Oh, I did a, a Trolls marathon with the kids. Trolls are horror, aren't they? <laughs> well, including Troll Hunter. Did you include that one? We didn't include Troll Hunter, no. no. They got they got a bit shitty, so I showed them a Body Snatchers t-shirt and they went to bed. So, um, yeah. <laughs> that right, was me this week. What about our guest, Will? You watched anything of note in the last like couple of weeks? What have I watched of note in the last couple of weeks? Well, uh, for Christmas, a mate of mine bought me a Blu-ray of Death Dream, which I... Have you ever seen Death Dream? No. It's a Bob oh. Clark film. So Bob Clark, who did Christmas Story. Black oh, Christmas, I love Bob Clark. And death, well, so Death Dream is like a monkey's paw story. Just uh, for the viewers at home, I just did a thing with my fingers <laughs> to really illustrate the monkey's paw. <laughs> little capuchin hand. Um, yeah, so it's about... a. Uh, a son is lost in Vietnam, presumed dead, and his mum makes a wish that she wishes that he'd come home. And he turns up, but he turns up wrong, and there's something wrong with him. And basically, it you know, it's as he start, it all comes, the wheels sort of come off. The family are trying to deal with it. Bit Not perfect, bit silly, bit silly in places. Yeah, I mean, this is what is this? But the 90, early 1980s. It's pre-pet cemetery but it's got some good it's got really good imagery in it here and there some daft stuff in there but it's a solid pick i mean yeah it's a good old good pick and it was nice to revisit because i saw it at a uh used to do a thing in leeds called a night of horror and we used to get some absolute bangers on there and i think that year we saw in in the cinema evil dead city of the living dead i want to say either versus or wild zero Oh, and we saw Death Dream, and then it ended with um, might have even seen Delamore, Delamore, and it basically went through the night, and then it usually ended with an Evil Dead film, one or two, I think. But you know, I mean, they were, and that was back in the day where you could actually see stuff you'd never heard of before, and when that popped up, we were, you know, me and a mate have kept a little torch for it, and it's recently a little pitch for someone else's film. It's recently come out on the uh, One Films. They've just released a Blu-ray of it. 
Yeah. With a, with a little sniff. It's a really nice um, Bob, Bob Clark box set as well they've released. It's like, oh, it's lovely. So I think I think it's in there. Oh. But it's also, they also do them separately. Let's have a little, see what else I managed to watch, because I forget these things. Obviously, Night Swim, Christmas, Bloody Christmas, which I'd not seen. I think I started it the previous year. And then, because, you know, my life is not my own, <laughs> make it all the way through it. And then I picked it up and watched it this year. And... Uh, yeah, quite enjoyed it. I mean, it, you know, once it gets going, I did think a lot of the mumblecore chat at the beginning. I was like, I kind of want my Terminator Santa now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then like I had to watch something grown. Yeah. Had to watch something grown up with the missus. So I finally watched Oppenheimer. So, mm-hmm. which you know, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna clean up. Proper film. <laughs> yeah, proper proper <laughs> film. A grown up film. <laughs> I've got to take my I've got to take my medicine before I have all the sugar with it. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, boys. Then we get on to some news. I think what we'd like to do is start with our uh, guest. Will, have you got any news for us and our guest? Have I got any news? <laughs> the I I would like to say that group which had its world premise part of the first Blood Strand, not the new Blood Strand, because that's a different thing. They also do it for Fest, um, in 2022 has been released in North America and Canada. And it's on uh, a variety of streaming platforms, some of which I've heard of. So Apple TV, Prime Video to rent and buy. And then if anyone's heard of these ones, Voodoo, In Demand, Dish, Hoopla, Canopy, DirecTV and Microsoft, which I just guess must be Microsoft. These are, what, these are all streaming. It's also on a thing called Spectrum, I think. I know that Hoopla is for libraries, but it's um, released anyway. And I also know that from a little bit of googling that it will also be available in hospitals so you know good for me if anyone's had an operation in north america and they're stinging <laughs> for all the money they spent on it then you can uh, sit and watch the group to cheer you up it's a recovery movie so it is a, it is a recovery movie <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you know they all they all end up predicted <laughs> working over what? there anyway so <laughs> oh mate that's great news i mean we've got quite a big um uh, listener group in uh, in california so like um and I know Matt's friends with Leon uh, Leon uh Detonio from um the Boo, Boo Crew. So hopefully he'll be listening. He can take it on board and get it all distributed, get even further distribution. So yeah, that's cracking news. Well done, mate. <laughs> well thank you thank you very much. And yes, I hope you can check us out on at group movie uh, on Instagram for all the lot of news and stuff like that. So which hopefully there'll be more releases in the pipeline that we can report on as and when they come. But it's been a big old journey and it's nice to finally be released because obviously I think there's some really sad statistic about stuff that gets made and doesn't get released. And, you know, having been to Fright Fest, all of us, I'm sure the stuff where we're like, yeah, whatever happened to that? There so it's nice to not like be that. in that group and actually be available somewhere. Oh, cracking. Still, I've still got a candle out for a visitor from the future, I tell you. <laughs> yeah mm. Mm. Can- Candyland is is another one that's that, getting that, released that's is that actually getting released yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. So, yeah there are there's so it's so staggering how many films that have been shown at Fry Fest that don't get made which are absolutely brilliant um it's just it just is crazy I just don't know how these distributors distributors haven't picked some of this stuff up but I go. mean, there is a there is a freeze on stuff in the UK at the moment. It's it's harder than ever to get stuff distributed, sadly. Um, mm. Easier in places like America and Europe and things like that. Um, mm. But that's what, just the sort that, of way it is. Is that is that because we've got what? like 
harsh BBFC? Is it is it is it that that's putting the brakes on? Uh, I mean, you, no, just not the audiences for it. They want stuff that gives a big old return. So you want that kind of like, you know, you want your big releases, really. It's just not as many indie outfits because it's, exp- it's expensive releasing a film. It's expensive releasing a film with no real publicity. So they're just not as interested over here. And for whatever reason, that's just been the case for a while, sadly. Um, I mean, there's still a few. There's like, what's it, light, light bulb film distribution. They put out quite a lot of light bulb, yeah. stuff. Yeah, Dark Rift. Yeah, Miracle Media. Dark Rift yeah. just started, obviously, with Stuart Sparks and stuff like that. He's taken on Charlie Steed's, some of Charlie Steed's work and stuff like that. So, I mean, we'll stop seeing his in the uh, bargain bin in, in Asda. Every time I go in there, it's always <laughs> it's always in the Asda hey, bit. The, <laughs> near me, the bargain bin, the DVD shelves are, that's not a thing anymore. They don't have DVDs in my Sainsbury's anymore. Oh, devastating. That is, I mean, that was a blow to me. No Blu-ray or anything like that. Just gone. No CDs. It's, you know, times are changing. Yeah. It got very depressing all of a sudden, didn't it? Oh, but my film, are, my but... film is out and that's a big, big <laughs> that's thing. That's a massive so thing. Right. Let's, all, let's all lift, let's lift the yeah. mood back up rather than lamenting the death of physical media. <laughs> it'll Ow. come back. It'll come oh, back. Some... There's still there's still uh, two people on this podcast that, uh... <laughs> that are peddling it. Good. That are peddling it. They're peddling their wares every day. Crack I've... it. Um, you both got news. A... Sorry, Matt, Paul. You you got any news? I got yeah. a bit of news. What? Um. Well, I'll just pick one because I'm sure you guys have got the same thing. Um. The Blob is getting a remake. Another, Another remake from uh, the guy who directed the new Hellraiser film, which you guys actually quite liked. I was a bit more meh on it, but uh, yeah. Now he's going to have to go somewhere to beat that 80s remake, by the way. Just yeah. saying. Um, but yeah, so I thought it'd be interesting to hear that. Um, a new Blob film. Good news. That's wicked. Man, I'm not quite sure what else they could do with it, though, surely. I mean, you know, the Chuck Russell one from the 80s sort of did the only route you could do, make it a real knockabout splatter film. Mm. Just don't know, unless it's I mean, Godzilla you could versus Kong. You could put more diverse characters in, I suppose, and make it all about teenagers, like most remakes now do, but that's another subject. It, yeah, it's it's one of them. I just bring my ears up, because we did the blob not so long ago, and we all, I, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. It was such good yeah. fun. And like, you're right, Will, what can they do with it? But again, if they're going to do some of it, just go more insane if that's possible. Yeah, could be, could be. I've got a bit of news. Go on. Um, so Christopher Landon has departed from Scream Seven, which is quite big news. Dropping like flies. I don't think anything's going to bring this franchise from the dead, unless Neve Campbell comes back. Um, but he's now doing a werewolf movie, Big Bad. So oh, okay. Fresh off the part in Scream 7, which is currently without a director, Christopher Landon uh, is going to be doing a werewolf movie called Big Bad for Lionsgate, which is based on a short story written by Chandler Baker. Um, Baker is on on board to write the screenplay. So, yeah, another werewolf movie. Werewolf Dan will be well happy with that. (laughs) I love all this stuff. Anyway, I think it's great. 28 years later. Is that worth mentioning? <laughs> it's worth mentioning, but it's one of them where it, is it true or is it not? Are they just dangling stuff or what? I mean, there's a lot of fan-made posters, but I'm pretty sure it's in development with both with Danny Boyle and Alex Garland. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's. I think that's solid. It's good. Sign me up. 
Sign and me right up. It's one of my favorite. I mean, neither of them did. Twenty eight weeks later. So that mm. was, I think, Danny Boyle directed the opening in Twenty Eight Weeks Later, which That's is right. yeah. bit. which is unbelievable. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, and then it sort of goes off the boil very quickly. I did watch it not so long ago, Twenty Eight Weeks Later, because I'd convinced myself that maybe it was all right, and then watched it. I was like, Oof. but it's it's not the worst helicopter. No, it's definitely not the worst one. But I think it's just there's a lot of like logic problems at uh, what how everything kicks off. But it's got the helicopter bit, and it's got the beginning bit, and it's got like Jeremy Renner and Idris Elba kicking about, Idr- Imogen Poots, all that. Bums in the bums in the eye socket. That was pretty. That was a brutal <laughs> kill. I'll never forget the the, mm. the tension in that opening scene where Robert Carlyle's running parallel to them running over the hill towards him and you just like run faster run faster run faster it's i just it's got, it's it's got the thing was like <gasps> like really winning kind of I breath did, I, I did hear something quite funny though that it's about i think we're about three three years off it actually being 28 years 28 years later so they sort of just like you know might shit the bed a little bit so they might have to wait a little bit so we'll see uh, well he's got um i don't know I didn't, di- didn't die. Depends which version you watched. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, talk- I'm looking for. What was that? This talks is going to be a trilogy. Yeah. Apparently. Well, I think that all depends on how, because Alex Garland's got Civil War coming out mm. uh, this year, which looks pretty good. It looks mental. But, yeah, is I mean, it, it, that Civil War film it mm-hmm. almost. Have you watched what was the one on Netflix recently about um, the end of the world kind of thing with Julia leave Roberts? The Le- leave, leave the, the world, world behind. behind. This yeah. Civil War looks like it's a film like to watch directly after watching that. Literally, mm. I, was, I was like, this is, okay. this is this is too near. <laughs> then just put the news on at ten, and then <laughs> yeah. then midnight top yourself because. <laughs> You'd be well and truly depressed by this. Let's, let's not go to doom and gloom again. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Let's have a, any other news? Bit more. Um, there's a teaser trailer, which looks quite good. Now, this could be low budget shit, but it looks quite good for a film called Long Legs. Go and check it out, guys, because it's interesting. It's a serial killer film. Starring... Oh, this is the one with all the kind of like... Um kind of like social media presence at the moment where they're drip feeding little kind of like things on tiktok and stuff yeah well, i've just seen the teaser trailer okay. it looks it looks quite cool um it's starring nicholas cage and michael monroe oh well there you go that's a great combo sign me up so. yeah it's i think it's from the director of pig so um mm-hmm. yeah that looks quite good well you got any more matt no i'm good Okay, well, I'm just gonna, mate. I'm gonna run through the fucking list of stuff that we're looking forward to this year. Unless you got one more, Paul. One more that I thought you would know, but I've been seeing Godzilla minus one is getting a re-release, and it's called Godzilla minus one minus color, and it's all in black and white. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I heard this. I don't know. If, I think I don't know if I go back to the cinema to watch a, a black. I mean, I maybe. I wait. Well, have you seen Godzilla minus one yet? So I am a well big godzilla fan but i've it just wasn't showing anywhere the big thing i found at the moment is trying to catch it anywhere in london it was on at really stupid times so unless you didn't have a job or you wanted to go see it in the afternoon it was impossible to catch and i think the prince charles put it on a in the evenings 
for a couple of nights, but it's not. Did, yeah. It's been it's been quite hard to get you know, a chance to see it. I mean, I've got the old Criterion box set back there. Which, Is that the big one? Yeah, because my little lad. Uh, yeah, the one that's a little. But my um, little lad got quite into Godzilla not so long ago because he was you know dinosaur adjacent, and he's yeah. a dinosaur boy, not a car boy. So he was quite up for watching. The ones that were dubbed, but um, I mean, the thing is, is that you don't realise that they're kind of like Bond films in that they all have like a weird plot, you know, like about going to an island or aliens or people from Atlantis and then Godzilla turns up and wrecks stuff. But the pretty violent, there was one that had quite a lot of people getting shot in the head and you were like, oh, OK, whoopsie. Oh, Get right off I think there's a, there's a terror, terror of Mechagodzilla, I found out probably a little bit too late is the first Godzilla film to have nudity in it <laughs> which came at a very inopportune moment um when some woman is revealed to be a cyborg he had a lot of questions about why is the woman got wires in it and I'm like desperately fumbling for the fast forward button you know. honestly we, yeah we like Godzilla we like Godzilla in our house well that'd be interesting <laughs> it'd be interesting to hear what you think about this one because it was it certainly um um just threw me threw me back i mean i it was on because around here it was on we had a good about two and a half week three week release i think mm-hmm. it was still doing doing some pretty good good times and yeah I, I saw it like what after new after new year and um yeah if i'd seen it pre then that would have been that was movie of the year it was just fucking staggeringly good yeah really good right minus one i'm gonna go through this little this fucking lot i got a lot to talk about right so we're doing um, movies that are coming out this year. Next movie we got, we just got done doing Night Swim in a minute. Uh, next movie we've got is um, is uh, Baghead, which is out on February the eighth, which stars um, Freya Allen from uh, The Witcher. And we just saw the trailer uh, the other night. Um, looks all right, you know. Sort of looks a bit of a version of Talk to Talk to Me. Um, sort of like uh, you know talking to the dead in a different format something obviously goes wrong I think this one looks quite interesting but we'll see uh, we'll see it could just be another you know put someone running across ceilings and stuff like that but we'll watch it um, Lisa Frankenstein um, is the I'm looking next forward one. to this yeah February 9th apparently but I, I imagine that'll get pushed a little bit yeah um, Cody yeah, and and starring Freaky's um, Kat, Catelyn Newton as well. Looks fun. The trailer. Yeah, looks I'm fun. all up for this. This looks yeah. my kind of thing. Like a bit like Warm Body sort of thing. I don't know. Like that sort not. of edge. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, that's oh, not bad. Nicholas Holt's doing all right now, isn't he? Um, Winnie the Pooh two. Nope. Carry on. <laughs> next one. Next. <laughs> um, Blumhouse is imaginary um looks quite interesting the trailer looks good imaginary bear again it's sort of like along that exorcist sort of bunny something's possessing the bear it's demons um but it looks quite quirky don't know i don't for some reason I, they've done a good poster for me i like the marketing it. job on it is good yeah. um, you know it'll get bums on seats that's for sure march the 8th that one's coming out um we have quite early on in the year i was, I was amazed March the 29th, we have Ghostbusters, um, Frozen em- Frozen Empire, is that what they're calling it? Obviously, we all know who's in it, who's not in it. It's Ghostbusters, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, the First Omen, which we talked about last episode with that gorgeous trailer. 
I still cannot get over how many like the actual cast list on this is just staggering. Um, like was it Charles Dance? It's um, Bill Nye's in it. Um, that Nell Tiger Free who was in the Servant. Um, she was fucking fantastic in that. So I, I, I thought the trailer was great, and it's another Roman movie. Fingers crossed. That one's coming on April the fifth. April the 12th brings us to Godzilla times X, whatever the fuck you want to do, Godzilla X Kong. I mean, after watching Godzilla minus one, all right, I can't imagine a, a, a jogging Godzilla, but fuck it, you know, it's big, it's big monsters. I think they're fighting an orangutan. I'm not really they're sure. fighting Red Hulk Godzilla, uh, Red Hulk Kong, are Red Hulk Kong, is it? I don't know. But I love all these movies, so bring it on. <laughs> Why not? Um, ah, April 26th, Return to Silent Hill with the original director of Silent of, of the first one. So, Christoph Gans, yeah. I have not seen hide nor hair of this, so I am dubious as to whether that is happening. There's no trailer. I mean, they, I think the vibe is, is that this sort of silent year of Silent Hill, they've been trying to make a thing. What's the Silent Hill 2 remake, which apparently is eh, not shaping up so well? Silent Hill F something that involves cherry blossom there's whatever the live service tv show that they did which i'm presuming nobody watched nobody watched nobody watched i didn't um <laughs> and then this which may or may not happen it has to be said i have a big old soft spot for the original so it'd be I lovely my... if it did less less so what was the second one called Silent Hill revelation it's 3d yeah. <laughs> yeah. lovely game the game it's it's a terrifying concept sort of that follows that red and it's got you know it's got a release date of april at the end of april so we'll see it's on the it's on the docket um there's a film called horoscope um which looked uh quite interesting which is out um early may time um a group of college friends begin dying in ways connected to their fortunes after getting their horoscopes read so <laughs> The horoscope isn't you will die. <laughs> <laughs> then we get guard. mid yeah exactly mid uh, mid May seventeen the strangers chapter one, which again has an absolutely staggeringly amazing uh, cast to it. I'm, um, I'm I'm well up for this. It's it's got Madeline Petch from uh, Riverdale, um, but it's got our mate you know friend of the podcast Richard Brake in it. Mm-hmm. Sure, so oh, lovely. All for that. Beginning everywhere. of a trilogy, I believe. Yeah, that's yeah. the idea, right? By Rennie Harlan. Feels like a little bit mad libs, like they've just smashed a load of stuff together, really. It came I mean, out of nowhere as well. It's just it's not a reboot, is it? It's like a it's a follow-on from the oh, original, yeah. isn't it? Because this start I was reading the synopsis and apparently it's like a, a couple seek refuge in like an Airbnb and then all the shit happens, so it's there was like mutterings of, of talks that Liv Tyler was going to show up again as well, which I thought. Mm. Okay. So. Well, we're we're getting um in in uh, June, start of June, we're getting Ishana Shamalam, um, The Watchers. So her directorial debut after sort of her um investment in in The Servant, which which That's I said Knight's daughter, isn't it? M Knight's yeah. M Knight's daughter. Island, didn't it? Set in Island. Yes, that's the exciting thing. Follows Mina, a 28-year-old artist, as she gets stranded in an extensive, immaculate forest in Western Ireland. After finding shelter, she becomes trapped alongside three strangers, 
stalked by mysterious creatures at night. It's another fucking Irish horror law. I'm fucking. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So we like that. We like the sound of that. And then we get later on in the year, we get Trap, which is M. Night's movie. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing on that, just a title. So we'll see what happens. Um, A Quiet Place Day One is also out um, next year, uh, end of June. So that's not got any of the original cast. I think Krasinski is writing on it, but not directing. So we'll see, you know, it's made shitloads of money. Of course, they're going to keep smashing that one out. I don't know to be excited about this one or not, but remember that really fucking awfully drab... um, drab i don't know it's not drab uh speak no evil you know just the fucking sucks all the life out of you yeah the danish Danish one (laughs) great but depressing yeah have you seen it will there's that one i haven't but i have i have heard that it is uh, i mean you know i got i found out enough that i have to be in a very particular mood to, to watch it Need to wind down after a nice, you know, day's work. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, a glass of English, wine. It's, it's so funny that it's a Danish film and actually three quarters of it is just English. So I yeah. don't know why the remake is. <laughs> James yeah. McAvoy. Um, is, Got a lot of time for James McAvoy. So, and it's been filmed all over all over UK because I know they've done it quite close to Gloucestershire. They were looking for, they're doing location. It was quite spotted, quite close. Forrester Dean, they were filming. Um, Alien Romulus. For the Alvarez, come on. Love Alien. It's meant um, to be amazing. Yeah, Beetlejuice 2 is September the 6th at the moment. Um, what can we say about that? We know um, General Tager's on. Uh, we know Ryder's back and obviously Keaton. So what do we... Oh, I think the mum. I can't remember her name. Home Alone. Mum. Oh, that's uh, bad. Shit. Catherine O'Hara. Uh, oh, yes. Saviour. Um, September 24th. We're getting Saw 11. So, there you go. Um, Smile 2 after that. I quite like Smile, though. (laughs) Where where do we reckon the 2 is going to go? For the S? The end? Mm. It is. Smiles. That's exactly what they've gone for. Ooh. So, October's a big month. We've got... October 25th at the moment, Wolfman, Lee Wanell, who's um, it's been signed on for that one. Love him. Upgrade. Amazing. Oh, and Invisible Man was decent. So, yeah, fucking and the Universal Monsters aren't doing fuck all. So let's let him just do them all. Why not? Um, we are then getting Terrifier free. Probably a what? Like a three and a half, four hour movie. <laughs> so no one will touch this movie, apparently. It's Good. that bad. Yeah, it's been it's that bad. It, all I can think of is that he's killing kids because, it, like, for companies, for for big companies to be like no on this, it's surely it's got to be horrific. Well, he kills the kid in the tra- teaser trailer. I mean, I know you don't see it, but he kills the kid in the well, teaser that's all trailer. I can, that's all I can think. That's all I can think it might be. Yeah, he doesn't need. He doesn't need anyone being paid for. I mean, it's, it's it's drive-ins and it's you know like specialty theaters and stuff like oh, that, yeah. and it will mop up on streaming. So it doesn't. They do. I mean, oh, you've got also spread a few bit of rumors, can't you? That like, well, no one will touch it. Yeah, I'd have pounds the amount of films that were making people sick in the cinema. 
Oh, yeah, um, no, yeah. It's good marketing. The scariest film of the year. This is nuts. Nosferatu, we're getting apparently on Christmas Day. I, I don't see it holding that day, but like at the moment, that's what it's been penned on. Um, obviously, that's got Skarsgård as the sort of count. Um, it has quite a, I think, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's in it. Um, William Defoe. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's quite. A, it's, it, it's Robert. It's Robert Eggers, right? So that's it's going to be nuts. More mermaid vaginas somehow in in that movie. Um, we got a couple of other random ones. We don't have dates. Uh, we got Maxine, which should be this year. Ty West's. Oh yeah, you can't yeah. believe you didn't even mention that. Well, it doesn't got a date. Probably so. the most an- anticipated <laughs> film of this year. Wow, well, literally not... can't wait for that. I've got a date. Um, Salem's Lot we're getting so more than announced paul actually i saw something that's gone straight to hbo max it's not getting released in the cinemas anymore so it's oh. kind of bobbed around but i think it's hbo max it now was, it was finished i think last year wasn't it it was one of them that like it was done and dusted and sat on the shelf with what was it that wily e. coyote film with john cena that's not going to see the light of day oh, Scooby-Doo meant be, one. meant to be good as well <laughs> the john cena kind of coyote one is meant to be good yeah but you know Taxman says no. That's terrible. Well, it? it's good. That's Do you know happens. what? It's it's good to see that Salem's Lot's getting a release there because I always think that that could it was always one that could have done with a bit of a redo. It know? needs it. I mean, the, both versions aren't, aren't aren't that great. Like uh, the Rob Lowe one and the fucking. <laughs> so, well, originally it was a TV movie, wasn't it? Rob Lowe's was a TV movie, but like Toby uh, Hooper. Yeah, I don't. None of them, I don't think, are have been like really as good as what the book story that it tells but i don't know we'll see um the crow we're getting scars as um as in that role as well so i tell been... you that's not happening that's not what? happening uh, it's definitely not happening they've been meant to have been rebooting the crow with what's his yeah. chops from it jason, jason momoa Mamoa. is meant to yeah. have been doing it um Corin hardy was, was directing oh. i think rory robinson did a was doing a version everyone's had a crack at it and they've not it's never come out so post, I will. It's got post production on IMDb, but you know, fucking take that with a pinch of salt. <laughs> so, will it ever be as good as that? Uh, what was the crow one that had David Boreanaz in as the baddie? <laughs> and that was Edward Furlong as the Edward crow. That's the th- crow yeah. three in it. Um, a little uh, special one as well. We mentioned Nicholas Cage and earlier. There's one called Arcadian that um that he's that he's in. I ain't got really much to say apart from the fact that it's got Nicholas Cage in. So. There you go. Never, you missed never. off Abigail. Oh yeah, I haven't got that, haven't got that yeah, on my list. Dan, Dan Stevens. Oh, that, I mean, say Universal Monsters. Apparently, they're pretty much after Invisible Man. They're just saying to anybody like, you want to have a crack at a Universal Monster? Go for it. And Abigail, I think the idea is that that's going to hang under that umbrella of so vampires, a Universal Monster, than just right, not yeah. sticking to that crossover anymore. That was literally Chloe Zhao was doing level. a. Yeah, Cowboy Dracula as well. I don't know if that's still happening. Cowboy Dracula. Why not? <laughs> Butch is well excited for that one. <laughs> isn't there, isn't there a Frankenstein movie as well? Well, I mentioned the Lisa. Yeah, the terror one, but I don't think that's out this year, mate. Oh, is it not? I think they're still casting it. The, the guy from Saltburn, the Felix guy from Saltburn, he's now the monster. That's correct. Him. Jacob Oladi. Yeah. Pardon? Jacob, Jacob Oladi. Jacob Oladi. <laughs> Oh, where the fuck are they? <laughs> <laughs> also, right, he was meant to be He-Man for a very long time. 
Jacob Elordi, if you really? can see that. He's like six. He's like he six. Was, he's been at, well, he's Prince Adam's meant to be about 16, isn't he? He's not meant to be beefy all the time, in theory. I so I don't know. He was attached to be He Man first for forever, but it got that got booted from Netflix. So I don't know what's going on there. Mm. It's the crow. It's the crow. When the crow and He Man come out, <laughs> I will give you my eye teeth. The problem you've got though, with He Man and, and the crow to an extent as well is that nobody gives a shit about it anymore, apart from forty-year-old blokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did have a thing the other day. The idea of my in my mind is the perfect cup of tea has to be the colour of He Man, and when I announced it in front of some people at work, they were like, "Who?" I was like, <laughs> oh, "I mean, it was in the biggest toy range of 1983, but sure, you know." Oh my god! Also, you're missing out one thing. Both the crow and He Man have never been bettered in cinematic form since their original films. And we'll actually be, talk- we'll be talking about Dolph Lundgren later on as well, actually. But, you know. Oh, yeah. Bit of a keeper for later. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's bit, of a tea, bit of a tease for later for you, Paul. <laughs> okay. You have space. the power. Right. <laughs> let's move on. Let's crack get crack-a-lacking. Uh, let's move on to our main review. a little work but I don't think it's gonna last long at this price there's a pool I always wanted a pool is this everything we'll grow into it y'all ready Marco hello <laughs> Marco. Hello. <laughs> Marco. I I hear you. You need to say something back. <sighs> Ronan, Marco. Okay, this episode's main review. We have been to cinema to see Night Swim, directed by uh, Bryce McGuire, uh, about a family that moves into a new home, unaware that a dark secret from the house's past will unleash a malevolent force into the backyard pool. Interesting idea. Insert REM track. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, what uh, what did you think about this? There are good things about this film. However, for me, it took a long time to get to it. But I love White Russell. Yeah, it's great. I want to. I want to see that monarch. So first episode's good. Mr. Stevens, your initial thoughts, please. <laughs> you, look, you look grumpy. I am grumpy, guys. I am grumpy. This is this is the classic example of a short film, right? Which originated as a short film. Mm. Which has a decent idea, it can last for 10 minutes, but try and stretch it out over an hour and a half film, and it just completely becomes preposterous and just becomes filled out and too media, meaty for the idea. And I just thought it was a bit shit, guys. There's a couple of little bits in that I really liked, like a couple of creepy moments, but honestly, I, I really didn't like it. And Jordan I thought that's your catchphrase. What? what? It's shit. <laughs> shit. 
It's a bit shit. No, I just the acting talent I think was wasted. Like Carrie Condon was really good in the Banshees of Inisherin, and like and she just was just generic mom. Wyatt Russell's obviously been really good in a lot of things now. Just nah. Didn't like it, guys. Sorry. Paul? Okay, Will. <laughs> I mean, I pretty much need to go for a piss throughout the entire thing, just from the constant sound of trickling and bubbling water, with people <laughs> pouring stuff. Do you know what? I didn't I mean, listen, it was nice to go see to be diplomatic, it was nice to go see a horror film in a cinema. But yeah, I, I wasn't wild about it. It was fine. It's fine. I've seen a lot worse, let's put it that way. But it's it's kind of I feel with Kerry Condon, it's her this is her Gothica. It's you've just won an Oscar and you've accidentally committed yourself to something and it's not quite stuck the landing. Perhaps but. she just needed a conservatory made or something like that. No, they've yeah. got a sense of the short film, which I haven't seen, but I bet you it's really good and really impactful and really like, ooh, this 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 was cool. The same way have you seen Lights Out? Yeah, yeah like- it's a sim. I I actually caught for the short film be- after I watched the film. Came back and did the washing up because that's the life I live. And I put <laughs> the short film on and watched it. The weird thing about the short film, did anyone see The Pact? Remember The Pact? Yeah, I remember the pack. It's got got Casper Van Dien on. The the video cover was someone pushing the face through the wallpaper, which was quite good. The film is so so, but that was based on a short film, and that short film was a woman on Skype having a conversation on Skype, ghosts in the background basically. But it that formed the opening of that film. Whereas in Night Swim, I was expecting the short film to be the opening sequence from the film or a sequence in the film and actually it's not short film is completely different it's about three minutes long and it's just a woman swimming backwards and forwards and when she looks uh, they do it a little bit in the film when you look up over the edge of the water she can see someone stood by on the side of the pool and she thinks that her boyfriend's there and obviously he's not and you know drowns and drownings occur and stuff but it's it's just a, it's just like a simple scene kind of like lights out where it's just that little concept thing and kind of like Lights Out, I'd say it has the same problem in that it, working backwards, trying to put a mythology on something is a bit of an arse egg. Yeah, I mean, for me, this Blumhouse sort of like tradition of getting a couple of uh, movies out that follow that whole that same old formula where um, they got they 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 deliver it in a different scenario. They're delivering a load of um I'm not going to say cheap scares, some like in, the eerie, eerie moments and the build tension chuck a couple of jump scares in then do a bit of research find the find what's actually causing the problem and then go back and say someone saves the day and it's just getting it's not old but it's just deliver it in the right way it, it, it can be good they could have made you know, that's that's the sort of that's what i felt watching it the, the thing is right the premise of the story right is obviously this is a um baseball player that's uh, suffering with um MS, an, yeah. a sickness yeah and they, they've moved out and they've got this house that was previously owned and it has a swimming pool and stuff. And the swimming pool is like what some sort of portal to somewhere else or kind of like haunted pool. Now, this is where I was like, I think it was missing something like it had like a, it could have had touches of kind of like poltergeist to it where stuff came out of the pool and was haunting them like there was there's. They, they teased it with like seeing things by the pool but i felt like if it had a a, a a nice scene where like stuff 
things were coming out of the pool into the house and stuff like that. And I get that wasn't the premise of it, is that the pool takes over the human or whatever. But I just felt like it was missing something where it would have been really cool if stuff came out of the pool. I mean, you had the one scene, obviously, where the the teenage girls swimming around in the pool and you see something. But I just felt like it could have done with something coming out of the pool into the house, like a couple of like loads of creatures or something, just a little bit more meat on the bones than what it had. They were really trying to sort of get the the pool to be its own sort of character. And I don't I think they sort of failed in that in that respect. But you saying the premise doesn't hold water? Oh. <laughs> oh. Ah. <laughs> right, I'm glad we're diving into this one. So oh, no. <laughs> right. right. Uh, yeah, but there was some good. There were okay. So there, again, like with these with these movies, the story sort of gets a bit. I don't know, not as well boring, but it just kind of gets a bit laboured. Um, but there are moments in it of the scares which are are pretty good. You know, the you, the whole point of going to watch a horror ain't supposed to be like groundbreaking every time. You go there with your missus, and the whole point is you go there for hundred an hour and a half. And there might and there might be some scary bits in it. And this, this one has some scary bits in it. The bit with the girl, um, and it just because well, you're broken, Paul. It's not I'm everyone. Sorry, but I, I wasn't scared in the slightest. That's fine. Point. But that's you weren't there with your girlfriend. You you were in there by yourself with your hot dog. <laughs> so um, if you go, it in needs there, a couple more jump jump scares to but, keep this one afloat. <laughs> oh, I mine. Put, I mean, the, the jump scares the are cheap though. Yeah, but that's the whole point of a driving movie sort of thing. Um, and you got if you if you're like a teenager, fifteen, and you take and you're going for a, you know, I, I'm going to take the, the the girlfriend to a horror movie because that's what you do. That's what they're designed for is to get your heart rate sort of going a little bit, and then you get a snog at the end of it. This sort of like fits that fits that bill, um, and it's got those sort of moments in there that will sort of for a younger crowd that we say this constantly. We are getting to a stage where these movies aren't for us um so you know we we are going by ourselves and i'm holding your hand matt not you know some girls so it's just like <laughs> it's just kind of that that sort of popcorn movie it works in that sort of formula a new I generation see what you're saying. if, if i was if i was a teenager in, yeah. going to watch that i probably would have you know i have chats with people at work about it that are around that teenage age and they enjoy a lot of the movies that i don't enjoy like they loved megan absolutely loved it because megan is their chucky you yeah. know it's just like which is fine well so not so long ago i had a work experience in she would have been about 16 16 17 and she said oh i'm a horror fan and i was like oh okay like you know trying to relate to somebody that's like half my age being the cool guy and i said well you know so have you seen Candyman or something like that she was like no but I've watched the like a highlights reel basically on YouTube and you suddenly twig and you're like, oh, yeah, because you don't watch films, do you? No. OK. And it was this depressing thing of like, actually, what you do is you watch videos on the law on YouTube and you watch a highlights package of all the old ones that just cuts out all the middle stuff. And I felt I felt like I just, you know, thinking pick the wrong grail, just like aging into dust. Oh. So it's the problem that you have with it is the story and the problem that you have with it is and the, the problem with it is there's no threat because as an adult i know that if anyone dies in a pool 
that pool's getting closed down. It's just like, guys, we're not using the pool anymore. Someone's died in the pool. So, <laughs> I, you I know. There was, where... one, there was one moment in it that actually they could have expanded on. So the the whole MS of it, making that the central point, and like when he did get enveloped with the with the spirit of the pool, and he did pull the kid under, um, and the, it was explained through, you know, his MS. I thought that was really, that was a really good touch. Um, and a really nice way of sort of explaining a sort of paranormal event crossed over with a sort of a real mm. a real event that was nice moment but then apart from that and like maybe maybe the the bit the marco polo bit which we'd seen in the trailer sort of yeah it's sort good of did, that's a work. good sequence but you sort of know she's not going to peg it and that's part of the problem you can only have so many deaths before it suddenly becomes before it sort of doesn't hold itself together i mean the the ms thing is the key bit to it though because that is that that's the best sort of best sort of thing it's the bit that affects i mean with him particularly i felt that it was like in, you know in the book of the shining where he's got his life together he's finally getting on with the kids yes he used to be an alcoholic and stuff and then but you're like he's finally sorted his sorted his act out and connected with his family and then it's the wheels start to come off and you're like oh no and it feels really tragic and sad but they sort of abandon that pretty quickly as to like you know him connecting with his kids because he's never actually he never quite hits jack from the shining levels of like bad dad where he's like you know victimizing his kids or anything he never gets that bad so there's always a, there's a few missed opportunities. There's bits. I wouldn't be surprised if someone said there's a longer version of this somewhere. Because, mm. like, you know, there's the boyfriend that just went missing. They spend a lot of time on the school, the swim team. And you never really feel that the kids then get ostracized because of that incident in the pool with their dad. Like, there's it's it's sort of there's bits of it on the periphery that sort of drift away a bit. And, you, and it feels like maybe that was in a bigger film. But if it wasn't, then there's something gone wrong there because, you know, you'd expect stuff like that to be followed through. But it's just been sort of chopped away mm. to keep it really focused and short, probably. Because I think it's 90, uh, I feel I, like uh, it was only an hour and 35 minutes, wasn't it? Short. Hour, yeah, hour and 38. So not too, not too I'm bad. I'm to me. Well, I, I think you're right, though. <laughs> definitely could have spent more time. Like, he, he, he was like, you know, obviously, because he's, he's obviously been told he can't do what he loves. And then I thought they could have built on that sort of maybe resenting the family that they've held him back or somehow he's blaming them for his illness. And then that would lead him down to the temptation of the pool, essentially, rather than just some demon infested him. And then he, he quite quickly, after a baseball back to the head, you know, gets back to Uber Dad again. But then they, he, obviously, you know, what happens in the end with the video camera, apologising for not being a good dad. But then he actually, well, you were quite a good dad all the way through it. Yeah. So, there's definitely that thing. Yeah. And then the thing that I've thought they'd missed on, it really did, was the little sort of twist of the, obviously the girl at the start who drowns in the pool, her mother essentially killed her or sacrificed her for her brother because she was he was obviously her favourite. I thought there was, there was something where I was like, oh, well, that's quite dark, but it just was like, oh, well, this is just there to explain what's going on in the pool, so bye, see you later, Troy. And I was really like, well, that... Uh, yeah it just it was a bit light and a bit sort of fluffy i thought like it was a bit happening as well you know the the water's everywhere so it can it's watching you don't don't tell don't tell anyone our secret yeah because it's like a natural spring that has something 
living in it. Didn't have a cat there. No, no cat ghost. No cat zombie. Yeah. I think that, yeah. that was the only thing that died in the whole film, wasn't it? And the little girl. Dad, and the little, little girl at the beginning. What the dad. Maybe, that, maybe, maybe the mother halfway through. She might have met an end. I mean, it's uh, it's got this thing. Me and my missus used to play this game called like Narrative Bingo, which is all the stuff, and they do it. We'll get to it again in Vamp, where anything that's mentioned in the first ten minutes will turn up later on as being essential. When um, Kerry Kerry Condon says that, like, "Oh, I work at the school teacher," no, I work in administration. You're like, mm. and then later on, she uses that job in administration to search for like the woman, like pool, yeah. dead child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's almost like, oh, they're, they're spending far too long in this tool shed with all these tools and and chainsaws that can <laughs> do lots of things to people. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. You know, not a fantastic start to the year, but um, it was certainly it's nice to be in the cinema watching one than not. So I'll take that on the chin. All right, quick discussion on this one. Let's um, let's rate it. I think. Not got much more to say about it. Let's stick. Let's go for. Let's go for Will first, the guest. Oh, setting the trend. Um, I mean, you know, to be fair, I've spent a little bit racking it. I think it's like a five, six out of ten. Like I thought it was. I thought it was fine. And you know what? Like I'm glad they're making them and putting them in cinemas. You know, because no one else is. You know, it's. It's just that it's a January horror film. It's the sort of stuff Blumhouse makes. It gets people interested maybe for some people it's like a gateway into horror and stuff but you know soggy soggy shining <laughs> six, out of, six, six, six out of ten uh, oh okay well go on i'll go with matt first before we get grumpy bollocks I, on it i've I, I just seen as well the director of this is actually actually wrote the screenplay for baghead so get ready for that warning, warning. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it'd be really good but I, I would probably go, I would have said five, because White Russell's in it, I'm going to give it a six. Um, I mean, it's a... Grumpy bollocks starts, go on. It's an average for me, I'm going to go five. So, I don't, yeah, it's, a, it's an average start. Go on, Paul. You've been very kind, you've all been very kind. It's, very, not, very lower kind. Than a, it's not lower than a five. I... I mean, all right then. Well, I'll, I'll go four. I ain't giving it a five. It's going four. I, did, I really didn't like it. I thought it was shit. All right. Uh, that, that, <laughs> do you know what, right? Forgot it. This is the it's thing. Not, it's so not they shit. do put these films in cinemas, right? Which is great. And more more power to them. Long live cinema. But make good films and people go and see them. Because there's nothing worse than spending 15, 16 quid going to see a film and it's shit. He also did. That makes um, it second twice. Can uh, you do your catchphrase if you're going to do it? It's shit. No, it's a bit shit. <laughs> oh, it's a bit shit. But it's a lot of shit, though. Sorry. That's all, folks. I'm going. Bye. <laughs> he also did um, The Short Pig as well in 2019. So there you go. Um, okay, so that's rough maths. It's about six out of ten. Um, there we go. <laughs> and moving on to our next movie, which would be, I think, would be a Shudder release. I think we're looking at Destroy All Neighbours on Shudder. So look forward to that one. Now let's move on to our something to scream about what do you want from me why don't you run from me what are you wondering what do you know 
Okay, so it's award season. So uh, Emmys, Golden Globes, BAFTAs, Oscars, but forget about all them. The real <laughs> awards are the Draw One Last Breath Breather Awards. That's what everyone's waiting for. So we've got a lovely um, list. We'd love to have some celebrity guests. We have Will, so maybe he wants to announce the winner of one. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so we've got some categories. We're just going to run, run quickly through it. Um, just thought it'd be a fun thing to do and just really just go, go over last year and, and what made made the grade. Being our guest, I thought it's right and proper because he has the list of awards. <laughs> Professional um, we'll we'll announce each award and then we'll talk around it and we'll all I'm sure agree on the winner. <laughs> so Will, take it away. First award is best film. Well, we already sort of did it last week, last podcast, didn't we? The best film of last year. Yeah, but is that your best film? So I mean, it is P- Pearl. I think well, Pearl was my but... favorite horror film of last year. No, I'm just saying. Well, let's see what see what Matt's got up his sleeve. Okay. Well, I mean. I, I really did enjoy Pearl. I loved it. I, you know, I saw it twice. But I think if if I if I really delve deep, to, for me, it was taught to me. I, I know you champion that one. And I, I, that's 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 a good. You know, Pearl was amazing, absolutely great. But if if it's horror, horror, then like taught to me for me. Okay. Yeah. Will. See, when when I first announced this award, I was like, "Are we going to say that it's when it, where evil lurks, or wait five minutes?" But then, actually, we've got two good choices. I just said, "Where where evil lurks." I was um, I saw that recently as part of a little uh, horror weekend with a mate of mine, and we I really thoroughly enjoyed that one. Had like a nice sort of there. just just a just a lot going on. Yeah, and that's really a, kind of enjoyed a really good you know. shout. To be honest, like we put that as uh, our number two. Because Paul, um, you, Butch, you were you were championing that, weren't you? I absolutely. I mean, this is in mine. There might be a few like, in the, when evil <laughs> lurks, like in the in the categories that yeah. easily fill up. So it will probably get an award tonight, definitely, because um, that movie just fucked really affected me. I thought it was fantastic. All right then. So when evil lurks, two for Pearl and one for Talk to Me. Oh, where do we go? Well, Pearl, obviously. Well, Pearl, yes. <laughs> yeah, That's how Pearl. democracies work. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Sound. I mean, I feel weird about Pearl only because I feel it came out the year before, but <laughs> I did think it was pretty sterling, and my wife got very upset during the end sequence. <laughs> and she wasn't even watching it. It was just with all the... She got a thing about rotting food. So that rotting pig... I mean, you know, it was really solid, and I'm excited to see Maxine see how that works out so yeah i i would feel comfortable with pearl i'd feel comfortable with any of them because i really think talk to me was a banger as well awesome but let's let's stick with pearl best film pearl all right what's next category (laughs) so it is worst film worst film in 2023 okay um i'm gonna kick this one off (laughs) and i'm gonna put in my hat the black demon that fucking shitty, it was an Argentinian shark movie and uh, set on an oil rig. I didn't watch it because you watched it. So you did the work for me. <laughs> yeah, you did the work for both of us, I think, there. <laughs> Just no substance whatsoever. Absolutely dire. Call it a fucking shark movie and see the shark for approximately three and a half minutes. It had the Pearl connection, didn't it? Because it had what's his chopped in from Pearl. It no, did. from 
X. From X. Jordy oh. Paul? Um, I'm going to go big for the worst film of the year. As in, like, the, I, fi- the film with Tom Hanks? I think no, was- not, not <laughs> no. How did that? That's sacred. Uh, I'm going to go The Exorcist Believer. Oh, the worst movie. Oh. Yeah, I was. I thought it was rubbish, and I really, re- I really, 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 really disliked it, guys. Really, really. And I missed that podcast. I missed that episode. <laughs> like, in it. I, I'm kind of glad because I would have, I would have been probably getting sued from Lily Warner Brothers or something because I, I really just thought it was a complete. And I, do you know what? I was so excited. I watched the trailer and I thought I was so excited. Maybe I just give myself too much expectation, but I, I really didn't like it. I thought it was really, really bad. So, yeah. Exorcist Believer for me. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that nearly made my list of worst film, just because of the misuse of Ellen Burstein. And it, like, I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but then, then I looked at back and I, I was looking at ones that we reviewed for the podcast. Okay mainly probably would have been sensible to do that but it's a, it's a toss-up between two seconds in a franchise so meg two or <laughs> the nun two oh both equally as shit as the other <laughs> sorry i really i really didn't enjoy it i almost but. did meg two but i just couldn't bring myself to even talk about it again to be honest so i'd say i'd say none two if i'm honest because i just okay. did not enjoy watching that film because it was just yeah boring well i'd right. agree with you i thought both of them were yeah yeah I, I could put my hat in for none too what, what about where what you got thing i'm going to choose as the worst film is a film that is a cheap as chips and it was murder size oh, which uh God. i know this film had, had yeah it i think i thought there was a lot of uh i was like oh it's like a aerobics hot slasher film and it just did not deliver on either the aerobics or the slasher film. And it was, as someone who has made a low-budget film, it was everything I hate about low-budget filmmaking, which is just have scenes of people talking in, like, loops, you know, like, dialogue that just kind of, like, I mean, like, the room does it, of, like, someone have a conversation and it'll go around, and then this conversation will sort of restart. And you're like, but I haven't seen anyone get killed by an aerobics killer. I think it was just a disappointment because it did not deliver on the aerobics killing that I wanted. I'll pick my I'll put my pattern for none too. Yeah, will. okay, I will. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan of uh, that kind of the thing about the nun. It came out of the conjuring where they had about eight different movie monsters in one film that you were were bit on the. I was a bit like you're trying to sell action figures and toys. The mm. old school movie maniacs. And that's I've got a thing against the nun because of that. Even though I really like the Conjuring too, I didn't don't think I really needed to see like two spin-off films of it. Fair. Um. Okay, worst film, the nun too. Next, what's the next category? I think this is a fun one. This is a this is a good one. Best kill. I went. I know it's a bit boring, but I really did think that. Um, you know what I'm like. I like my gory kills and the dumpster kill in Thanksgiving. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Should fucking... I be laughing at that? I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought that was really good. Nice to see some Eli Roth, like, gore. I'm going for that too because. I thought you would have. Had... Oh no, that that'll probably be later. Go on, carry on. I'm going That's for that good. too because of the fucking way that 
the, the sort of cat and mouse of it all was fantastic. And also just the ending of it being on top of the, or half her body being on top of the bloody shopping center. I just thought that was fucking ace. Yeah. I think there could have been another good kill in that though, with, with the fucking cheerleader. Yeah. On the, because in the obviously the original Grindhouse with the knife coming through, there was just so much potential. I'm not going to bash that one over the head again, but yeah, I, that's also my favourite kill is the uh, dumpster scene in Thanksgiving. Yeah, okay, Paul, go on. And what was your, what was your? Well, uh, I'm gonna, I'll bring it in because I think it was probably one of the best kills of the year, and it made us all laugh a lot. It was the uh, ambulance one in Cool Camp Bear. That was, that was good. The gurney. The gurney. The gurney just the the, the what does it hit? Does it hit a speed bump or the ambulance overturns? And the gurney literally flies out the back, and in slow motion, you just see it fly. The person's strapped to the 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 stretcher, and then they just overturn, and their face just plants the deck and rubs across the ground, and it's just brilliant you know in a film that probably was a bit of a missed opportunity really like all said and done it was just a real highlight moment so yeah definitely yeah it's got to be up there that's a good shout uh well you got a favorite kill of the year probably split between suitable flesh with the reversing the car with the the, uh, reverse camera smashing into uh wasn't heather graham was it that bloke over and over again on the uh, reverse camera thought that was a good one and the only reason I'm on the fence for this one is because I can't remember the outcome which was the the girl who gets attacked by the dog in where evil lurks mm-hmm. which came out of nowhere and was pretty rough yeah um but also I can't remember if she died or not I think it looked like it I mean, she came back possessed. I guess that, that, that something yeah, happened. She definitely she can't died. Be. It did. I'd, let's, that, it wouldn't have done you a right lot of good. So <laughs> I'd probably say for those two, I'd go for. All right. Well, from democratic, then we're we're gonna have to pick the dumpster in uh, Thanksgiving. Then, if me and Matt have uh, voted for that. Mm. Best kill. I mean, that one in fucking When Evil Lurks. I mean, the other one in When Evil Lurks is like the is for me is like the bit with the kid, and when she jumps off the roof with him and or the window with him, and then she's being stalked later with the car and he's, she's or, eating. Or even the axe kill. That was, oh, yeah, the axe kill was great because it was just like, yeah, that film's fucking great. Um, okay, best kill When Evil Lurks. Let's move on to Gone and Will. Sorry, what's the next? Uh, Best best new costume stroke killer. I've gone with because I really enjoyed this film and I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, the masked killer in Totally Killer because I thought he was um, it was a good kind of design of the mask and I think the marketing they did on that was crazy. Like with all the with all the adverts and kind of like little TikTok videos they did was was brilliant and apparently the mask is like modeled after like i think it's like rob lowe and like patrick swayze and somebody else that's who they modeled it on i thought it's fucking hilarious yeah I really but the, the use of that mask throughout the movie is brilliant i just think it's so it's so it's so like riffing off all the like other movies that use uses masks like scream and stuff like that and it just goes to town on it like every, the whole town <laughs> is wearing that mask at one point i just thought it's fucking hilarious and I loved the movie. I thought the movie was great. It was just good. It was just good fun. 
just like leave everything by the door and just have fun and that's why that's why i picked that one nice jordy paul oh it's a weird one for me because i didn't i didn't i actually perversely quite enjoyed the film even though i, I realized it wasn't a great film but uh i think we, we spoke about it not so long ago but i'm gonna go with uh, the the costume for the killer in um it's a wonderful knife yeah, that was. I was thinking that. I really like that design and stuff like that. The whole angel, um, and the blood made the blood the blood really stand out. Very, very clever. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm split on this, but I'm going with totally killer for my for my pick. Or Megan. Megan was the other one. I was thinking best new killer. No, no. Yeah. It's to- totally killer for me. <laughs> you can have Megan if you want. <laughs> Nah, that's definitely totally killer. I love that, love that call because it's cheap and anyone could buy it. And so you know that's how they did. That's how they did uh, the shape and stuff like that. I kind of like that. Just part of the shelf, make it look like that. It's good. So we've got that. Will so managed to get a democratic choice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> democratic choice. I did think that Pearl, Pearl could have counted, but I suppose she was in X, so she's not really new. She's younger. That's true. <laughs> True. What will be the test? We see what people dress as next this Halloween coming. Yes. See which one holds the most sort of water. Mm. Megan, hundred <laughs> percent. As long as the okay, you get a few Megans, you definitely get some pearls. Best what the fuck moment? I mean, for me, it's the dog in When Evil Looks because I was just like, I mean, there's a lot of what the fuck moments in that movie from the axe was just for me came out of nowhere as well and I, and it was just the way that they edited it was just incredibly clever and with the dog i know it was a doll and god damn i know it was a doll but it didn't feel like a doll and i think they've done they did an outstanding job um making me just feel absolutely distraught watching that scene so you, got... you know it's coming as well because it's like it's so plainly obvious it's just when it happens it's <laughs> just, it's not a surprise but it's just visceral yeah it's just like whoa because this is and at the time it was like as well it, there's there's been a quite a few dog attacks in <laughs> in britain as well with all the xl bully shit going around and stuff like that and it's just like whoa that's raw like really raw it's yeah really that, that that was it for me. What about you, Matt? I had, well, I, I was torn, all right? So we didn't cover this, but Bo is afraid. Ooh. So many moments in that whole fucking movie. <laughs> but what one, one, I don't know. Has everybody seen Bo is afraid? I've not seen it, but. Where have you Feel seen free it? To talk about. Oh, you can't reveal the end one. No, then. I, can't, I can't reveal that bit. No. But Paul, you know what bit I'm on about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I don't. It doesn't really I'm... help from an award perspective. <clears throat> no, but I'm, I'm not going to go for that. I'm, I'm literally going to go for the, the head smash and talk to me, because that, that was the, like when that happened. I just looked over at Bush and he looked to me, and I know when something like that happens in a film, we always look at each other and then we look back at the screen. It's like I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting it to go that long and that so much and that's <clears throat> not even the first time that ha- that scene happens it happens again yeah but i agree just, really, it was that's... just full on and it was just like whoa it yeah, just that, doesn't that's, stop that's, 
that's a great that is a fucking great choice great mm-hmm. choice yeah and it was the fact that it was him and his age and everything mm. it was a lot it was a lot to watch yeah i didn't expect that mm-hmm. from that movie geordie paul you still with us i am yep yeah. go on what you got um, I, there's a couple of just extra ones. I think for me, the, the, the dog scene in When Evil Lurks was definitely a, a real standout what the fuck moment. Yeah. And then just another couple, guys. Uh, the cheese grater in Evil Dead Rise. Was, uh, yeah, and it got that one got a lot of legs as well on the internet. A lot of very, yeah. it was talked about a lot. It's actually funny that it got so much legs that when they released the DVD, on the spine of the DVD is a cheese grater. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah um there's that um the and then the other one i was sort of gonna think infinity pool good which, which bit so, well there's a couple of bits in infinity pool which are a bit like what the fuck so obviously the bit where they reveal themselves where the mask comes off and they're stabbing them and then the orgy scene in it <laughs> is pretty what the fuck so yeah, there's there's my votes. Oh, that's crazy. I'd love a little award for Infinity Pool. That'd be quite crazy. All right, well, what you got? I'd probably have to second talk to me where he smashed his head on the table. Because that was you're right, it sort of escalates very quickly from that point to these I mean, tries to pull out his own eye. And we were <laughs> when I saw that, a mate of mine is a nurse and he's usually good for fact checking stuff. We did ask him if he could do the thing if you did that thing with your head like they're doing smile where she looks through the passenger car window and he was like yeah you'd be turtled like there's no way she's standing at that and we said would the eye go back in and he was like that nah, that eye's ruined <laughs> there's no you know, I'm not using that eye again he's full of descriptions he once described somebody lifting someone up who had a fracture skull as like a bag full of lego and I was like, oh, I know oh, what that feels like. Oh, no. So oh, there we go. So, yeah, I mean, that bit, especially because you have a ruining commentary of like, yeah, that's game over for that kid. Those are life changing injuries. And you're like, thanks for the context. <laughs> OK, that's cool. I think that goes rightfully so to talk to me. I think that's a great choice, to be honest, for that award. OK. Best movie from the vault. Mine, mine was Exorcist Free. I know yours was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But <laughs> well, there's two really. My best favorite movies of all were Invasion of the Body Snatchers by Country Mile. Will, I don't know if you've heard me. Just I'd never seen it, and um, I, it's gone into like one of my favorite films of all time. I, I absolutely love it. So, and then the other one, lads, is Switchblade Romance. I mean, mm. fucking both oh. great, good, strong mm. choices. Mm. And then the third one is Life Force. <laughs> Because I really like that as well. Are we still calling it Switchblade Romance? Everybody seems to just call it High Tension. Yeah, it was Switchblade Romance, and that's what I always call it. But then it was like a stupid title change, and then now I think every I think everywhere it's listed as High Tension when you uh, see it. I think it's on Shudder. But my version, my my DVD, Haute Tension in French. Yeah, (laughs) my DVD still (laughs) says Switchblade Romance, so I'm holding on to that. What was yours, guys? Well, mine was, uh, I mean, it was a bit obvious, really. Wicker Man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Phenomenal pick. Really, really good. Um, I'm going to go with Exodus Free because I never expected to like it. And I just think it's bonkers. And I think some <laughs> of the monologues in that are just, 
I just think it's an apps. It just it's fucking ridiculous movie, and it's it's it should be really really good, but it's kind of shit. <laughs> at the same time, but I kind of love that. And Brad Dourif is just mint in it. So yeah, Nexus Three was the one that just like completely threw me away. Did you have a, a favorite? I'm sure you haven't checked them all, Will. <laughs> No, but I, I would say, because I watched The Exorcist 3 because I bought the Arrow release not so long ago because I was in the middle of writing a sort of possession script mm. and I'd seen it once a long time ago on telly, like around Christmas time. You remember we used to put films on at Christmas and you stay up to the middle of the morning. Another thing we've lost to time. But um, The Exorcist 3, I mean, you know, for that one moment in the hospital with the... Where the woman gets iced, you know, it's it. I was, uh, yeah, pretty blown away by that one. I mean, you're right; it's just a lot better than it has any right to be, and it's because no one seems to really care about making an exorcist film, especially since what was it? They added the exorcism in after the fact because they made yeah. it. And they were like, "There's no, there's no exorcism," and they were like, "Oh, okay, see some reshoots and throw in an exorcist, exorcism." I can't remember which cut I watched though. I didn't. No, can't remember if I watched the recut. Or that one. Because I've got both of them on there. That's right, yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, that's Exodus 3 then. I'm taking that as a, a win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, worst, worst movie from the vault. Oh, that's that's easy. Cannibal not... Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. <laughs> Is that what you've got, Paul? Uh, do you know what? I've, got, I've actually got Able Fools, dear. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I mean, I've got, I've got, I got Christmas Evil. <laughs> wow! Oh no, not Christmas Evil. Oh, it's just quite, quite sad. It's the bloke with the eyebrows from The Walking Dead. Jeremy, oh, what's his name? Jeffrey Munn. Jeffrey Munn. Yeah, no, there's a lot of love there, Jeffrey but I, no, I, I, I will second Cannibal Avocado Cannibal Death. No, <laughs> try again. Who will call? Come on, Paul. I can't say it again. I can't say the Animal whole title. In the avocado jungle of death. Right, there we go. I'll second that one. <laughs> Not even yeah, horror. I mean, I th- I'll third that one. Because, you know, <laughs> there we go. Make that Bill, Bill Maher, man. Yeah. To call, I tried, mate. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> right, that is that is good. That is the draw and last breath rewards for uh, another year thank you very much will for hosting <laughs> let's uh, come on guys let's just do it let's get on to our i want to get on and talk about let's let's talk about our movie from the vault did you ever have one of those nights hey where are we going ah, doesn't matter what counts is that you're my buddy <laughs> my day didn't start off too well We be looking for ya. Are we chumpy tonight? And then it got worse. We're here. And then, gentlemen, I give you Katrina. You're just what I'm looking for. Why'd you pick on us? It's a mistake. It was a little error there, a little communication error. I'm sorry. 
Okay, so this episode's movie from the vault was picked by moi and i've been wanting to see this film for a long time it's been sat in the cellophane on my shelf a lovely little arrow version and it is 1986's vamp so two fraternity pledges travel to a sleazy bar in search of a stripper for their college friends unaware it's occupied by something else shoot I mean, uh, Will, when was the first time you watched this movie? And what were your thoughts? I hadn't seen this before, but like you, I'd seen the Arrow re-release. And obviously people said, well, it's a bit like From Dust Till Dawn. But it's not. It's after hours. It's the Martin Scorsese film, After Hours, but nothing really happens in it. It's very, very, very 80s. And there wasn't enough vampires for me. It has this sort of under under uh, like underculture of LA thing that it doesn't really make that much of, and you have a very distinct feeling that when Grace Jones, and we have to talk about a little dance sequence, they're basically just letting Grace Jones do whatever she wants because she won't do anything else. So whenever she's on screen, she's got a look. She looks amazing because she, she is very striking. She looks. She's very imposing. She can't deliver a line and she can't move like a human being. <laughs> so she sort of drags it all down a bit. And I did it. And it, I think it's that dance sequence, the bit where she comes on stage. I mean, for a film about strippers also, it, there's no nudity in it. It's all very tame. I don't know why it's still got a 18 certificate. Is it still 18? I think there is some boobies. If... <laughs> <laughs> It's just all very, it's more like a sort of teenage sex comedy. And then they remember at points there's vampires in it. I mean, it's from the director. The director went on to do, I think, like The Expendables 4. Yeah. Richard Wenk. Yep. He sure did. But they have this, when you first get introduced to Grace Jones's character, Katerina, who is an Egyptian princess, is heavily implied. Um, she does this sort of weird jerky kind of dance on stage which doesn't feel like it was particularly choreographed it's not particularly like alluring but everybody's like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen and you're like yeah you weren't that reverse shot wasn't done on the day was it <laughs> and it was doubly weird when i started digging into it and found that the she has this she dances on the stage she's got this sort of like red kind of like squared off kind of fright wig on and she's got this sort of like man chair behind her. And that man chair, I found out, is apparently sculpted off the body of her then boyfriend, Dolph Lundgren, 
Correct. Which there's your little Dolph Lundgren reference. <laughs> yeah, so I, I kind of feel that she was cast and she basically was just like, so I'm going to do this. And they were like, well, I don't know if that'll really. And she's like, well, I'm just going to do it. And that's it. She's not in it that much. And every time she's on screen, it's completely incongruous with whatever is happening. You know, there's choices being made. Jory <laughs> Paul. Well, I mean, as a as a young child, I mean, the first time I watched this was this morning. So, <laughs> um, but as a young child watching James Bond films and watching A View to a Kill, I've always been terrified of Grace Jones. <laughs> this is the first I, time you weren't. She scares me. And then obviously when she appears on screen to do this dance. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be clapping for that. I'd have been running away straight away as soon as she came out. That wasn't, it was the most, it was, <laughs> it was like she was having a fit. <laughs> um, and it was like the most unsexy dance I've ever seen. Um, apart from Paul Butcher's stag do dance, but that's a, that's another story. Um, but yeah, no, I, I look, to be honest, there was bits of that I really actually quite enjoyed. I, I quite enjoyed the double double act, their the two relationship, the, the two main characters, essentially, the, the lads. Um, oh, and i tell you who it did have in. So again, as well as Grace Jones, as a, as a young boy watching films, I watched The Untouchables as a young kid. And is it Billy Drago? Yeah. He's in The Untouchables, and he's, yeah. he's a nasty piece of work in that film, and he's really scary. And he was in it as well, so I was like, Jesus Christ, this is like a nightmare from my childhood. Um, He's the Albino. The Albino yeah, grabbed who, by the again, again, it was just another thing chucked in, and I thought they were going to turn out to be like vampires, but they weren't. Um, but yeah, so no, I, I quite enjoyed the central pairing. I just don't think there was enough... When it, when it got into the sort of the, the meat of the film, essentially, I think that the, the guy who was playing AJ got sidelined quite quickly. And I thought he was like, a, he did he played a really good part because he was quite funny. He's quite sort of like the leading man. And then it just sort of got, he sort of just got done over. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, there was he bits of lumbered with Dee Dee Pfeiffer. Yeah. He gets lumbered <laughs> with Michelle Pfeiffer's sister. Is that... <laughs> Is that genuine? That's that's Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. Yeah, Dee Dee Pfeiffer, that's Michelle Pfeiffer. They don't look very similar. And it's obvious who gets most of the charisma and stuff. Because she just, she looks very 80s. But yeah, it's just, she's just, it's, they switch up the pairing, you're right. And you end up with one that doesn't really work. No, yeah. because. From being with that kind of sort of, ban- that sort of, uh, you know, porky style banter. Because it was a buddy comedy. Like that's the sort of crux of it. It's a buddy coming that's kind of like um, that doesn't go anywhere really, and the comedy doesn't really like have that big element of it. It's sort of like it suffers from like maybe poor writing. But Robert Rustler's but Robert Robert Rustler as AJ um, is fantastic. He goes, he's gone on to do loads of stuff. He's like uh, done so many sort of movies and stuff since. Um, I think he was in Weird Science as well. Um, but Chris Makespace, who does who plays Keith, great name by the way, great name for a guy. Everyone should be called Keith in a movie. Um, I don't know, he just bugged me. His eyes bugged me. His face bugged me. And he sort of for him to be for her to be interested in him, it didn't make any sense to be honest. And then the sort of like what data kind of sidekick from Getty Wannabe from, with Duncan. I'm like, why? I don't know. That there was there was a bit. It was questionable. 
I'm in the mood for love just because they're naked. Good old 80s racism, isn't it? 100%. Because I didn't expect this, I didn't expect a horror comedy. And when it said horror comedy, when I was going into it, I was like, really? I thought after seeing like the little bit of Grace Jones, I was expecting some kind of sleazy um, vampire movies real sleaze fest that's what i was expect going in with my expectations and then to get a buddy comedy i was like huh and it just wasn't it just didn't deliver on any of the comedy and the horror was far few and far between but it had that 80 chic over it you know downtown um the sort of gangs it, you know it could have gone somewhere it had so much it has potential had potential it had a, a great gratuitous car spinning shot I mean, I don't know how many times you want to spin a car around. And then uh, it span around that much, it ended up on the wrong side of town. <laughs> it was just, just bonkers. Um, it's funny, though, uh, Will, that you actually said people have told you it's like from dusk till dawn. Because I seriously got, I was watching it going, I'm getting proper from dusk till dawn vibes from it. Because it was like, it's the same sort of kind of structure of the film. Um, and it'd be interesting to know if they got an inspiration from that film. Interesting. I imagine they must have done. I mean, you, they do a similar thing, don't they? Where it's like buddy sex comedy, and then it sort of hits a halfway point, and they're like, "And now vampires." But I think when it when the vampires kick off in from dusk till dawn, it's then all about that, and it delivers yeah. on the effects, the monsters. Whereas this one, Grace Jones attacked AJ. What looks at the counter thirty minutes in, but it's an over an hour before you actually get any kind of like vampire kickoff you also get a bit too much insight into how the vampires work with all the sort of weird infighting there's one of them that wants to set up a club in vegas well i think he's not even a vampire he's like a familiar because they're all eating cockroaches like renfields but um yeah it just it's just a bit all over the shop i think the the whole thing they're going for is like it's just a crazy night that doesn't really make any sense. And as a result, it doesn't really make any sense. And it also is uh, Chekhov's, Chekhov's bow and arrow right at the beginning. It was just like, sticks it into the wall. It's like, oh, I guess that's a well, completely he, normal thing to do. He managed to pierce an apple, but it did go through the apple. It just hit the apple and it broke into two. <laughs> Go on, Matt, you picked this and you've watched it now. Finally, I was waiting to get to my part because <laughs> I think you're all totally fucking wrong. <laughs> I absolutely fucking love this film. I absolutely love. I, I fucking I don't know what it was, but I don't know whether it's the it has touches of John Hughes through it. Um, it just fucking hit everything with me. I love you know me, man. I'm I'm all the eighties. I just like I don't know. I just didn't mind how long it took to get to it, and I just thought I don't know. I just thought some of the the cinematography in it was awesome. Like literally, like the guy that does the cinematography let me just i took a screenshot because i was like this guy's got to have done some stuff and he's done like loads of different like hollywood movies elliot davis he's done a lot of a lot of stuff um but i thought i, I just really enjoyed it i thought it was fun uh, not particularly out funny and stuff but and i quite like the effects i thought it was quite good but I'm I'm just a sucker for these sort of movies. This is the sort of thing, the sort of feeling I got watching this was kind of the the feeling I got when I watched Night of the Comets and Night of the Creeps and I wanted like that. that. I wanted that feeling. 
um i've got that feeling because it had that it had promised to do that and deliver those sort of like that vibe but it didn't give me that same that same nostalgia as like um not the creeps not the comet but it had the it did have the blueprint for it definitely Mm -hmm. i could see it and i could see it enveloping but it didn't get it didn't get grab me as much i I don't know if that's because they switched the wrong like focused on the wrong I don't know. I felt yeah. like the I, I watched the the making of it as well, and I watched uh, like a blooper reel and all that sort of stuff. And there's quite a few scenes that they took out, like that I think explained other things, which I just think they chopped them chopped them out. But um, yeah, I, just, I don't know what it is. I just got on with it, and yeah, the Grace Jones thing. I mean, she doesn't say a word, and that was all her. Funny enough, she was like, "Yeah, I'm not. I'll do the film, but I feel like I shouldn't have to speak." So it's like, yeah, okay whatever but but i liked everything around it i thought it was just a bit stupid a bit funny a lot i like the use of like the, the the green and red lights i know it's a bit of a cheap kind of take you know smoke machines and green and red lights but i could see someone like joe bigos picking this up and remaking it and fucking going to town on it 100 percent agree there's something you know I mean? really really charming and good out there um it's definitely got the the blueprint and to actually produce something like now but i think maybe some of the casting decisions went awry (laughs) i don't know i don't know if i've I've given off the impression that i poo pooed but i actually enjoyed it (laughs) (laughs) i I, I thought it was good good. yeah it wasn't the perfect film but i actually quite enjoyed it so i sat there going well yeah cool and i did it made me laugh as well which is yeah i didn't get bored so, what about the little girl vampire that he swings? I thought that bit was doll? awesome. <laughs> I love that bit. Don't swing it too fast to make it look like a doll, but don't do it too slow that people can't tell it's a doll. It was, it was, whoa! It was brilliant. Oh. Yeah. Did like that bit? Because a shit gang, though, wasn't it? They were a shit gang. The Albino gang. They were pretty shit. Like, uh, you know, they they didn't really do much damage i mean the fact that fucking aj just literally took them all out in like one shot i thought that was pretty impressive and i but yeah yeah and probably the ending for me was one of the best bits of it it's sort of where it comes together a bit doesn't it I mean, it's sort of there's obviously meant to be this like character journey where it's like he's meant to be really stiff doesn't want to do anything and he sort of comes out of his shell by the end of the night which i don't think it sort of does it just they say that at the end and they're like yeah everything that's come to it but i mean i thought it was i think the thing is with a lot of 80s films is that they tend to be like really badly paced i think that's my problem with it is that it didn't have like something like um life force is very badly paced but it's bonkers and very big in ways that Vamp isn't. Vamp is quite a sort of cheapish film. But, you know, I mean, it's sort of just people just doing whatever they want. And, you know, I think the first draft script, Grace Jones just going like, yeah, this is what I'm going to be doing. And as a result, it sometimes just doesn't hang together as well as it could have done. I just wanted, I just wanted more. I suppose that's not a bad thing to say. I just wanted more vampires. I wanted more with the vampire club, less wandering around the hotel. You know, and I think I think that's where Paul Stevens said, like, I I really do think that the Frondustal Dawn, like, 
literally you're telling me they hadn't taken a little bit of this. It's, I, I, I mean, just can't see it. It's got the foundation of it, 100%. Like, if you think about it from, like, like you said, it's like they say the cheapness of it and the fact that there's, like, what, five, that moment, that sort of dust or door moment, there's, like, five of them in this one, and then there's suddenly, like, the dust or door is, like, massive. So, yeah, I, I couldn't, you speak to Tom Savini, you know, he's, he's I reckon he'd be like, have you seen Vamp? Did you like Vamp? Was it yours? You know, because I, I, I do. There was definitely, and maybe that's the... So that to him will probably knock you out. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, getting out of his crotch and shoot you in the face. <laughs> I, so there was definitely a charm about it, and the bow and arrow thing was just wacky and stuff like that. But, like, I did like the fact that at the end that he's still alive, he came to the rescue, and he's going to follow him back to, <laughs> under the sewer. <laughs> Did you just notice when Grace Jones is like evaporating and our arm comes up to like give the finger to them? Yeah. Did you notice the hand that was moving the bones down <laughs> no, on the side? No, I didn't see that. Please go back and watch it because it's hilarious, lads. Honestly. So that arm's going up, but right at the end of the elbow joint, you can see somebody's hand like this, just like this. <laughs> I was like, that is that's shit, completely shit. But yeah, it's, it's it was on there. So yeah, definitely get it. It's a shame because I I really feel like I could have got like that that same feeling as Night of the Comet from it, but I didn't. I was, yes. I, yeah, and it just there was just like there wasn't wasn't that moment. There wasn't that moment. Even the the Grace Jones bit was the Grace Jones bit was just bonkers. Like and when she turned, she did look really gro- grotesque and disturbing. I thought the special effects were pretty pretty decent from that from that. But yeah, it did more. It did need more vampires. It really did. But and I mean, yeah, and you could have done about constraints. You could have done about the gang, you know. That that was like a sub story that didn't need to be constant. Just go straight to the strip club, get in there, and then don't even leave. <laughs> they didn't, you you know, if if dust, if we're comparing this to Dust or Dawn, then Grace Jones is Salma Hayek. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, and then she obviously, yeah, I guess so. She but she pegs it, doesn't she, really early on? Spoilers for From Dust Till Dawn, a film that's 20-odd years old now. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> make everyone feel really sad. Yeah, but it went well, so far. You know, I, it definitely it's one of them, you know, like uh, M- Maleficent. A Maleficent... Maleficent? Well, as in, like, as in Angelina Malefic- Jolie? Yeah, a film that's not very good, but is basically burst, based around like casting of someone who looks quite striking it's like oh angelina's got cheekbones she was just hanging an entire film off that and i feel that with vamp it's like grace jones is quite a striking looking woman isn't she looks a bit like a alien doesn't she let's do a vampire and and that's it's sort of hung a little bit off that and then everything else everyone's kind of well dare i say it vamping around her to sort of make this film which she's like the central sort of casting of but I think I feel that a lot of the like, if anyone remembers it, it's because of her look. Mm. As and like you say, the makeup and stuff. It's kind of I feel like it's kind of the sort of film that you would see and remember bits of when you were older, and be like, what's yeah. that film with Grace Jones? Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't remember much else, but you would remember the costumes, the look. I would have like definitely all that remembered stuff. Uh, dominatrix vampire woman. Definitely would remember. <laughs> <laughs> they did keep, they, people did keep on dying as well in the club they did keep on carting, carting yeah, away they did. 
that was quite silly the way they did that as well. Um, no, it wasn't too bad. Well, let's get Matt. Come on, let's have some Matt's facts on this. We've talked be... a cu- about a couple of them already, but obviously Grace Jones does not speak a single word in the film. According to Jones, this was her own idea, opting instead to play the role of a silent film technique inspired by Max Schreck in Nosferatu, which is probably bollocks. She just couldn't be bothered to speak. <laughs> um, uh, because of the low budget in the film, Grace Jones turned to her designer friends to loan her all the costumes that she wore in the movie, which is quite interesting, I thought. Um, the paint on the human-like chair Grace Jones does her performance in was made by late graffiti artist Keith Herring, which was quite interesting. Do you, you remember he did all those shirts and like with all the kind of prints on it? Do you remember them? They've come really fashionable again now. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Um Tina Turner was considered for the role of Katrina. That would have been a different film. <laughs> Whether that's true or not. <laughs> is that pre is that pre Mad Max 2? Uh Max 3. Thunderdome. Beyond the Thunderdome. Yeah, massively. Mad Max 3 is early nineties. Mm, that would have been a different film. <laughs> um, during the fraternity fake hanging scene at the beginning, uh, the executioner is lip syncing to a speech from a cassette tape. The voice of the speech was provided by Christopher Plummer. Ooh. Which is quite interesting. And yeah, the, the last thing I was going to say was uh, Richard Wenk. I can't believe he re- he's wrote all the Equalizer movies, which is really cool. Mad Max 2, by the way, was 1985, so it was slightly before this. But she's in Mad Max 3. Three. Minutes, so. <laughs> no, no, she's in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, which is 1985. That's the third one, isn't it? That's the third one. All right, well, it's still 1985. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but it's the third one. <laughs> it is the third one. <laughs> and she did sing Private Dancer. Still my, uh... <laughs> yeah. Do you want to know my favourite uh, Grace Jones story? Go oh, for it. So it's the so when, apparently when she was on the set of A View to a Kill, you might have heard this one, there was the scene where her and Roger Moore, who at this point was 57, oh, maybe a bit older, like it was his last Bond, very old, and he uh, apparently to break the ice or to get a laugh, she brought a massive dildo into the bed and sort of popped it out. When the scene started, he was like, oh, oh, oh cubby. Oh, and, couldn't, and just flipped out, apparently. <laughs> so they did not, oh, he did not find it funny. Amazing. Was it a dildo or was it her yeah. real cock? <laughs> <laughs> she terrifies me, honestly, really, still to this day. If I say a CD at work, I'm like, whoop, no. <laughs> nice. Why did I think she was dead? She's not dead, is she? Grace Jones going to find that. She also cracked Michael Parkinson, didn't she? She's <laughs> 75. Wow. There you go. Wow. Maybe she is a vampire. Possibly. <laughs> Maybe she is. Maybe it was an autobiographical film. Never know. Right. Should we rate Dregal? Let's, let's uh, see what we think about this in terms of a rating. Let's go for, uh, let's go for Geordie Paul this time. I'm going to give it a seven. I enjoyed it. It's not without its flaws, but I actually really enjoyed it, which I'm amazed at because I thought it was going to be bargain basement again, but no, seven out of ten. 
that's 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 what it, that's what it's about enjoying it uh will i'm gonna go for a five Bang brutal in <laughs> <laughs> i like it um for me it's a six i did like it i did appreciate it but i was looking for that that night of the comet feeling i didn't get it um i would like to i'll, I'll probably give it a rewatch but there you go matt Eight out of ten. Yep. Eight out of ten. Yep. Out of ten. Really did Ooh. like it. Christ. Loved it. I am looking to buy the quad poster right now. Ooh. I mean, the fucking artwork is insane. Yeah, the artwork is. What there. is the quad? The quad poster is the map. Is the. There's one which is that, and then there's one which is like, I don't, I don't. <coughs> maybe Graham Humphreys. Possibly that he did it. Um. But yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, it looked impressive on a wall, mate. I can't and deny I, that. And I'm, I thought I had it on VHS, X-Rental. And then when I looked at my collection, I was like, shit, I don't. And it's really expensive. <laughs> so if anybody out there wants to buy me a copy of it on VHS, be my guest. <laughs> yeah, we don't charge for this podcast, so, you know. The, the lowest price is like £39. I was like, oh, my Deal God. Prices. Matt will do a wish list. go fund me (laughs) for his only fans Um, (laughs) cracking all right so that's uh draw and last breath Uh, (laughs) out of ten seven out of ten yeah good maths all right um well we've got a guest on so we don't get to choose the next move from the vault it's all down to mr will Higo. what have you got for us so I've got, stop me if you've seen this one. It is the Japanese Evil Dead Bloody Muscle Body Bill in Hell from 1995. Although what? you'll swear it was much, much older by Shinichi Fukazawa. It is right. a short one. It's only 60 odd minutes. And it, 60, 65, 70 minutes, something like that. And it is uh, available on Amazon Prime. So easy to get. No, okay all over this one more time so i can just pop it into because <laughs> i gotta remember <laughs> this okay did you just say bloody muscle bodybuilders from hell well bloody no because that would make sense as a sentence <laughs> bloody mu- it's bloody muscle bodybuilder in hell from 1995 and it's on prime video which is where i watched it uh, earlier this uh, last year. Here's the quick synopsis. Little quick synopsis on the. <laughs> Trapped inside a haunted house, a bodybuilder must save himself from a gruesome ghost hell bent on revenge. And oh my it, yeah, god! Yeah, it is known. It is known as the Japanese Evil Dead. Oh, amazing well that was a really fun episode we did the awards um we've had uh will on uh will have you enjoyed yourself today you know what i've enjoyed myself a lot thank you very much everyone for making me feel really welcome and like i could say absolutely anything no boundaries no boundaries thank you very much no boundaries <laughs> so we, haven't, we haven't got any sponsors so it's all good um right thank you so much for coming on um and and please don't forget uh will's movie um the group is on it's got uh, north american and canadian distribution right now so will, go. just before you go will where, where can people find you on social media thank you for asking you can find me 
on Instagram under will underscore Higo underscore director. That's Higo, H-I-G-O. It is Spanish for fig, which is pretty embarrassing when you're going on a holiday in Barcelona. And uh, I'm also on uh, Twitter, Twitter X as uh, at Will Higo. That's perfect. Where, right? You know, you can just get in, get a load of posters and behind the scenes stuff for the film. Excellent stuff. And what just before you go as well, what what's next for you? What is next for me? Um, I am working on a new script, which hopefully will get some traction later this year. The distributor seems pretty pleased with what we've put out so far, so we're hoping to keep that going. So hopefully it won't be too long before we've got, uh, yeah, not not the group two. I don't know if that's possible after the first one, but we could definitely got something something in the same vein in the pipeline. Awesome news. Can't wait to see that. Um, yeah, okay, cool. So thanks everyone for listening. Um, moving on to 100, episode 148, um, we've got Destroy All Neighbours from Shudder. Uh, we'll come at you with a new something to scream about. And our move from the vault, Will has just picked Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. Oh, God, I'm going to have some problems next episode. I can see it already. Um, that's brilliant. And there's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreath.com pod at hotmail.com